Support for today's show comes from Deloitte. What does the future look like? By melting business acumen and innovative technology, Deloitte can help you build the future only you can imagine. They can help engineer solutions for your business reality today and your vision for tomorrow to get you to a world where you don't just dream it, you build it. See how you can engineer advantage with Deloitte at Deloitte.com slash US slash engineering advantage. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey everybody, it's Sam from The Verchcast. On this week's interview episode, I visited famed designer Eve Behar and Jason Johnson. They're the co-founders of August, the smart lock company. Eve has also designed basically everything else in the world. We take this one just kind of like hanging out at CES, and I was very into the vibe. Like, we obviously talked about the new August smart lock, but we also chatted about the state of the smart home. What's it like working with the big platform companies? How to design stuff for humans? How all the different standards are coming together to make a better home? And also, how hard it is to make products that work in both your European and American homes. It's apparently very difficult. I also asked them, of course, when they both get work done, which is my new favorite question. Jason gave me the CEO answer. Eve, the designer, a really fun answer. I think you're going to like it. Check it out. Jason Johnson, Eve Behar, co-founders of August. How are you doing? All's good. We're good. So the first voice you heard was Jason, the second voice. (laughs) That's important for the audience. We're at CES. Again, it keeps happening to us. How's it going with you guys? It's, it's great. It's been, a, it's been a, a very fun show for us. So you have some news here at CS. You have a new version of the Smart Lock. Tell us about it. Yeah. So every year at CS, we unveil a new product. This, this year, we have a few products we're unveiling. The first, uh, jump right into it, is, uh, is the fourth generation August Smart Lock. So uh, a couple of the things people have asked for is, uh, one, to make it smaller. We think it looks great, and it's obviously very popular, but make it smaller, make it even more popular. Secondly, they've asked for us to add Wi-Fi, you know, so it can be a Bluetooth and Wi-Fi device. We've managed to do both, make it smaller and add Wi-Fi capability, and uh, it's launching today. How much is it going to cost? A very similar price um, to, the, to the current uh, August Marlock. We haven't finalized. We're just starting production now. It'll come out in the late spring. When you say very similar cost, but you won't give me the number, that means a little bit more, doesn't it? Well, I mean, it, it definitely has more functionality. You know, you, you don't have to buy our separate Bluetooth to Wi-Fi bridge uh, or putting that functionality into the, into the product. It is more expensive to make. Um, it's a very high-end specialty motor that helped us make it smaller. We're using, you know, higher-end batteries. So it's, it is cost us more, but we're trying to keep the, keep the price as close to the, today as possible. Got it. So it's smaller, it uses different batteries, has a different motor. I have two August smart locks. I think I have the second gen and the third gen pro a lot of names in there, mm, yeah, yeah. but I have two of them. They go through batteries pretty fast. They use four double A's each. Yep. If you use them a lot, they do go through batteries. You're using CR 123s and the little watch batteries, right? We are. Yeah. How are you managing to run these things off of those batteries? Well, with the, with the double A's, those are 1.5 volts. Yeah. Four of them. It's a six volt system. We're still staying with six volts, but we're using two, three volt batteries. 
So, uh, you know, going from four to two batteries and they're smaller batteries too, and they're higher density, three volts each. And so that you're going to keep battery life the same? Well, when you add Wi-Fi, you're definitely going to impact battery life than just having Bluetooth. Um, but we're still, you know, aiming for that three to six month range. And you think you're, you're going to hit that with all day use with auto lock, auto unlock, or is that kind of an average? I mean, certainly the more usage, um, if you turn on both the Bluetooth and Wi-Fi capabilities, if you turn on HomeKit, that impacts battery. There's a, there's a number of things you can do that impacts battery life. We, we think that, you know, three months is, is good. We also have battery replenishment with Amazon. So when you attach any of our August or our Yale locks to your Amazon account, um, Amazon prompts you. They actually ask you if you want to be notified when your batteries are low and have automatic batteries sent to you. That's cool. That's through the Dash service? Exactly. And yeah. you can do that with the previous generation locks. Yep, any here. of our locks. Because that's one thing I've noticed is when you're near them, they'll tell you the batteries are low, but you can't get state information about the double A's in particular. Is that something you're adding now? Well, there's always been a, a battery gauge in mm-hmm. the app that a- appears when the batteries get low. You don't see it until, yeah. until they get low. Uh, and then we push notifications to you and, and all that. Um, so, so now we allow through our API to partners like Amazon, we allow them to, to know battery status so that they can do things like battery replenishment. Yeah. Are there specific batteries that you want people to use? Like CR123s are like I can't even think of what the difference between brands are. Like they're not, they're not out in the world like Duracell. Like here's a blue one, here's a red one. Like yeah, is there a specific I mean, if you go to Walmart and Walgreens and yeah. CVS, I mean, you'll see Energizer, Duracell. They're yeah. they're all there. And, and and believe it or not, Amazon lets you choose other brands, not just the Amazon brand. <laughs> not just the yes. Amazon basic one. Uh, does this still have the sort of Z-Wave capabilities of the higher end ones that you did before? So so that, great question. So the the August Wi-Fi Smart Lock has all of the functionality of the version three lock people people know and love except Z-Wave. So we did not put Z-Wave in it. Uh, we'll still have, still have the V3 walk, we'll still have the V3 lock uh, with Z-Wave, but now with, with, with Wi-Fi, you really obviate, obviate a lot of the need for Z-Wave. How's that? Don't you have to talk to the, you're still going up to your cloud now instead of doing it locally, right? Right, right. So if you think about Z-Wave, people have, you know, smart things hubs and, 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 and other hubs in their home. Um, and, and so they use, they use Z-Wave to talk to the, to the Gen 3 lock. But when you have a Wi-Fi connected lock, you talk to the cloud and you can talk to not only smart things, but all of the platform providers because you're cloud connected. Doesn't that cause some problem, like, particularly for access control? That's a lot of round tripping through the internet to open a door. Well, um, I mean, people aren't usually using, they're not using Alexa or Google Assistant um, to, to unlock doors, right? Yeah. Or smart things. Or they don't use that to unlock the door. They, they more use that for scenes. Like if you want to say good night and have your doors lock and your lights turn off and blinds close, that's really when the cloud activity happens. Got it. So Eve, you obviously helped redesign this lock. You designed the first one. What were the big challenges in going from the original design to the smaller one? Well, I think one of the one of the challenges and and what's been what's made this adventure adventure really unique is in six years we've done nine products and every version has gotten better. It's been really a, a huge effort of refinement, continue to build the trust, and it's gotten us to a place where you know we're we're the leader in the category, the bestseller, four point eight stars in the app, etc. So you want to continue, you know, that legacy. You want to continue building it, uh, product after product. But this one, this product is a bigger evolution. It's a bigger change. So the design language, while we use the same materials that people want, you know, the 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 steel and the aluminum and the 
the sort of high quality that people expect out of a product on a door. Um, we start to smooth out the design language um, a little bit, um, added sort of curvature to the front, uh, made a transition between the chamfer and that curvature, and then added tactility and texture, as well as an indicator. So from afar, you can easily tell whether um, you're locked or unlocked without having to look at the app or without uh, having to activate the lock. So, so what you're looking at for the people who are listening is there's a big... There's a little bump. What did uh, you call it? Uh, yeah, a ridge. Uh, a ridge uh, on top of it. And then the other functionality is similar, the, the magnetic door, uh, battery door. That's really intuitive. And then the LED actually comes through the badge um, for size reasons and limitations. Um, we place the LEDs you know, onto the badge. So it's the same experience, just smaller, works better for smaller hands, kids' hands, you know, putting all in one, uh, not having to manage the, you know, the, uh, an external Wi-Fi uh, element has been, um, is great. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a lot of integration. It took about two years. Two years. Yeah. Because you're, I mean, you're obviously adding entirely the other radio system in there on top yeah. of BLE. Yeah. What was the bring up on that like? So we've been testing Wi-Fi in, in our locks for years, a whole bunch of different chipsets, and you know, back to the battery life issue and and also speed, right? So if you're going to unlock the door remotely, say for a delivery person or a, or a guest, you want it to happen instantly. You don't have to wait. And uh, and you know, with some devices, they have to wake up, wake up the Wi-Fi chip, etc. And we finally settled on a, a very high quality chipset that could do that really fast. It's 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 really a great experience. Are you able to take advantage? I mean, obviously. You've done a number of products over a number of years. The industry has moved on. Are you taking advantage of sort of the chipsets getting smaller, the intended designs in the industry, in the supply chain getting better, or are you doing this custom? Well, we, um, we've been doing this for quite a while now. So, so we, we do have the pleasure of working with the chipset manufacturers to do custom intended designs and, 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 and other elements to help us fit it onto our, onto our PCBs, the, the boards inside the lock, um, and then simplify the design too. We, uh, we, had, we had two board design in previous locks. This is a one board design. So it, it, it's evolved. And that's able, it helped you make it smaller. Yes, exactly. It's all about small and, and uh, uh, you know, and the feedback so far on the, on the size and the design has been very high. People really seem to like it. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, you said that there was a custom motor in there. Talk about that a bit. Yeah, so so we, we've been using a, a partner in Japan for quite a few years now to make these custom motors for us. And they, they specialize in these really high-end, tiny motors. They put them in, in, in $100,000 surgical equipments for operating rooms. And uh, they came to us, actually, with this new design that has the same power output, right? I mean, this, this, this lock is capable of, if you could tune it, you could put out 20 pound inches of torque, which is a tremendous amount of torque. They were able to bring that same power, same capability in this smaller form factor. And, uh, you know, it's all credit to them. I mean, they, they really know what they're doing. So uh, kind of bigger picture, you're very focused on access control. You have a doorbell. You put out a doorbell last year. We're kind of waiting for the second generation of that doorbell to come on. Are you thinking about getting broader than access control with, with August? We, we are. So, so since being purchased two years ago by the world's largest lock and access control company, um, we, we in fact have been taking, um, all the technology that we've developed and, and, you know, Eve and I always from the beginning thought about the user experience and how do you just create a great experience around access control. And all of that technology has been making its way to our parent companies, Yale, branded locks, right? So the Yale locks in North America now are all powered by our software and our back end. Um, you can use the August app. And we're actually going to be um, um, 
releasing very shortly here a new app called Yale Access. It's just like the August app, but it's powering the Yale locks that we've already talked about, as well as um, some new Yale Access products that we actually uh, announced here today at the show. What are those? So the, uh, the first up is a smart safe. So Yale has been making safes for many years. Now we have a safe that uses the August technology, the BLE inside of it, as well as our BLE Wi-Fi bridge and our keypad. All, all those things work with the smart safe and also a smart cabinet lock. So we have a, a very small little cabinet lock that uh, uh, will, will, will retail for $79. And you can place it into a, a cabinet in your kitchen, a liquor cabinet, a drawer, and uh, allows you to have all that same functionality you've had with an August lock, but now have that for these, these private compartments inside your home or your office. I feel like you are consistently targeting the Airbnb owner with a liquor cabinet that needs to just like keep the door closed. Medicine cabinets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yep. a list of secret compartments yes, that you yes. can unlock <laughs> remotely. How are you thinking about that? As you envision those other products... Everybody has a list. Everybody has a priority list. How are you thinking about prioritizing that stuff? Well, um, no surprise that our parent company, as, 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 as we've worked on these new products, they've wanted us to focus on products that could be sold globally, right? So, so the two products I just mentioned, the Smart Safe and the Smart Capital Lock, these are global products. So these would be sold in countries all around the world. And, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's a priority is to take our technology and our user experience and expand that so people can use it everywhere. So along those lines, um, we also this morning announced a product that even I have been wanting to, to deliver for quite a few years now. One of the things that happened when we launched August, uh, the first one, the first version six years ago, is uh, people in Europe and really all over the world asked us to ship it there. We didn't, but they went to the U.S. and purchased it. And now we can see that we have actually people using August locks all around the world. But for them, it's somewhat of a hack because they have to install an American-style deadbolt on a door in England or Germany or Finland. And so, you know, what we looked into designing or adapting our product for Europe, but the complexity is enormous. I mean, if you think of your electrical plug and you think that's complex and there's too many different versions in Europe, you multiply that by 10 and that's what locks and lock standards are. And so with Yale, we you know, developed over the last uh, year and a half or so a version that actually will work all over uh, EMEA. So from South Africa all the way to uh, Northern Europe, um, Israel, um, Israel, Turkey, we have now a lock that will work and that will work across all those different configurations because of the approach we've, we've had with plates in the back, these different plates that adapt to different standards, and also because of the position. So some really interesting things happen in Europe, right? Doors open out in some countries and open in in other countries. In some countries, the lock itself goes above the door handle, and in other countries, it's below the door handle. And so we have... We basically have this um, the system that um, allows for you know the brand and the logo to be rotated <laughs> depending on uh, where you install yeah. you know above or below the door, and the size it's 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 bigger than um, than the other lock um, than the uh, Wi-Fi smart lock or the other locks we made because it's actually 
In some countries in Europe, you need two to three times more power to overcome. It's a, it's a pill um, shape for those listening. It's, yeah. it's like it's like a pill. <laughs> yeah, your other the, the the sort of base model lock you have is very similar shape. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we yeah we have we have our circular locks we've already talked about today, but we do have a, we do have an entry level uh, lock in the US. It's also pill shaped. Yeah. So again, you've been doing it for six years. You're expanding markets. You're able to overcome Europe, which I know is everyone's goal. Yes. Um, at all times to expand your markets yes. And, yes. and especially with hardware. I know that's hard. How are you seeing the future of this market? Like you were one of the earliest companies to try to do hardware in the home, to try to change people's behavior around how these things are going to connect to the phone, how people are going to use apps. Last year when we were here, we were talking about smart home standards. We we're talking about the big companies. I, you and I actually had a great conversation last year about what it's like to go inside of a big company. Yep. I'm always very curious about that with every startup. But it seems like the big platform providers are even more dominant this year. Literally this morning, Sonos sued Google for patent infringement. Like, it seems like the ecosystem is vibrant in one sense as it was at the very beginning of this entire sort of movement. At the same time, there's more products than ever, right? But they all have to be sort of subservient to the platforms. How are you guys navigating that stuff? I think with Lux, for us, you know, from the very beginning, we thought, and we built everything around this notion of trust. And this is the only thing that we do. This is, we're focused on locks with August, um, different variations of locks, but it's all locks. It's, 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 you know, it's what we do every day. That's the difference between a large company approach and us is, you know, the, we're not trying to sell you anything. We're not trying to sort of optimize our commercial relationship with you. You know, everything is the data, everything is in the background and this trust is something that we've earned over the years. So it's interesting that I think in this particular category, when it comes to security, when it comes to locks, I think there's a lot of trust that goes to small specialized companies that are focused on the subject. Jason, how are you, how are you seeing the industry develop? I mean, you, you, you took the jump into sort of going to the bigger company a little bit earlier than other companies may have. Again, we talked about last year, but things have changed even in that one year pretty fast, I think, in, in terms of the ecosystem. Yeah. In fact, I think I think when we talked last year, we also had unveiled some of our new locks with with our other brands, with, mm-hmm. with Yale and with M-Tech. M-Tech is a, is a beautiful luxury a lock brand that our parent company owns. It's now all powered by August. You know, I, I think this is really why Eve and I have stayed involved um, with with August is is the fact that we get to work with the world's largest access lock company, and and make these products that um, that really are the best of class, and we don't compromise, right? I think I think it's safe to say that you know even I wouldn't be doing this if if we thought you know this is just making more stuff. We we really believe that what we're making is is meaningful, it's high quality, it's trusted, and like I say, let's say to people, you know, personally, when I choose technologies to use, um, I like to use products from companies that that's that's what they focus on i, I yeah. use dropbox for my file storage i use spotify for my music because because they focus on it two right? companies that have famously expanded their offerings <laughs> yes <laughs> yes but, but they're pretty focused um yeah and they, they deliver a great it's like experience. a podcast event that's probably <laughs> and this is what we do i mean this is this is this is what we do is we focus on this and you know as you've said we're not trying to sell advertising we're not trying to sell data we're not trying to sell other products this is this is all we do so as you see that smart home ecosystem developing, it seems like the the list of things people want to make smart in their home, it's like lights is the first one, the door is the second one, and then maybe your TV if you have an engineering degree and you can figure out how to make that happen. <laughs> Obviously, that means you have to interface with the other the platform companies. 
How, right? how has that changed over the past year? Well, you know, what we found is that most consumers have had to make choices, right? Are you going to, are you going to be an Amazon house? Are you going to be a Google house? Are you going to be an Apple house, you know, Samsung, et cetera. Um, and that's, you know, that's not a good experience, right? And, and I think you and I have talked about this in the past. Um, I think the best, the best companies in the smart home space are those that choose like us to be neutral. Like I think, I think Lutron and, 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 and Hue are good examples of companies that, you know, that sort of play neutral, like play on all platforms. You know, you got to make it easy for consumers, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they want to know if they spend their hard-earned money on these products that they're going to work uh, with whatever phone they use or whatever smart speaker they buy. And, um, you know, that is a challenge. Um, it is exciting to, to see that some of those companies, in fact, maybe all of those companies I just mentioned, are working on, on an IP-based initiative, right? So, you know, we've always chose Bluetooth and, and Wi-Fi because, particularly with Wi-Fi, you, you can assign IP addresses to, to devices. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see that, you know, that they're planning to work together to make it easier for these things to interoperate. Are we going to talk about Zigbee? This wow. is my dream. It's yeah. yes. It's wow. like, can I have the Zigbee conversation <laughs> with anybody? I've been walking the casinos. Nobody, nobody has brought it up yet. Here you go. Wow. Yeah. But you, so you had Z-Wave. You dropped it. <clears throat> you just talked in, in I would say, affectionate terms about the, Z, the Zigbee project. Are you making yeah. a shift? I mean, we love Zigbee. We love Z-Wave. We make, we make you know. <laughs> Only during we, this week <laughs> at this time do people say we love Z, Zigbee and Z-Wave. But yeah, as, as I've always told you um, for, for years now, we've talked about this. I mean, I'm a believer in, in, in putting technologies, uh, especially around consumer electronics, into people's homes that, that are going to coexist with existing technology. Wi-Fi is, is pretty much universal, right? So yes, you want to make a Wi-Fi lock. Right, you want to make you want to make things that already work with this infrastructure that's there in the home, um, and you know, and most people, by the way, don't go buy Wi-Fi routers. Most of them, it gets delivered and installed by their Xfinity or yeah. their AT and T technician. So, you know, these other technologies, they're great. Obviously, we make products around them. I'm just personally very excited to see that there's there's an effort towards compatibility across these various RF and and, and protocol standards. Are you going to participate in that stuff? Or are you going to wait to see it check out? I, I think it's safe to say that. That uh, that August and, and Yale will be very active in not only participating but helping drive to make it happen. Because at the end of the day, again, this is all we do. So we're not trying to protect any any other part of our business. We don't yeah. have a we don't have an ecosystem. We don't You're have not going to start a streaming service. We're, we're not going to start streaming. Service. We're not going to make smart speakers. We're not going to make you know. We're not going to make uh, kitchen gadgets. I mean, this is all we do. So it's in our best interest that it all works together. As I feel like your Skunk Works kitchen gadget team is like uh, listening to this right now, freaking out. I, I think I think June is uh, and June OS is. If you want to follow the kitchen, I'm excited about what they're doing. <laughs> uh, so I got to ask. Uh, last year we were here. There's doorbell that came out. Yep. You pulled it. Yep. Hasn't really reappeared. What's going on with the doorbell? So it has quietly reappeared. Okay. Um, sorry, we haven't let you know yet, um, but we, we do have it available now again on, on August.com. You know, it, it turns out it's really hard to make a battery powered Wi-Fi video doorbell. And, um, and, and the best testament to that is the fact that there's only one on the market besides ours. Right. You have dozens of video doorbells. They're all wired. There's only one that's battery powered. And it's because it's really, really hard to do. And we thought we had it right. And we launched that product, um, you know, a year ago. And we did not like the quality of it. So we pulled it. And now we've just quietly re-released it. And so far, so good. It's, it's performing pretty well. Yeah. What did you have to change? Well, it's really back to battery life. It's all about how do you manage battery life. And, and it's a trade-off because especially with a, with a, with a video doorbell, um, you want the Wi-Fi radio to be ready and active when someone presses that button. You want to get the notification on your device and you want to answer and have that, that communication. But you also want to 
save battery life, right? So it's, it's that constant trade-off. And so we had to work with our chipset provider to come up with you know, some ways to manage that power, give it a good battery life, but also have it be highly responsive, no lag response. So you said you quietly reintroduced it. Are you going to make some noise around it again, or are you just going to see how it plays out? You know, it's, it's a great accessory to our locks. You know, we haven't brought it into retail stores yet. You know, we're, we're just, we're making sure it's a, it's a really, really good product and, and it's performing well before we, you know, put it in more places. What is, does that mean that your first set of customers were like quietly discovering it on your website? You're just seeing how it goes for them before you... Well, I mean, let me say that, first of all, people that did buy the, the first product, um, we certainly refunded all of them, right? I mean, we, you know, we, we recognized it was our, mis- our mistake. And likewise, um, you know, if, if for some reason the, 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 the newly re-released product um, doesn't perform, because we're selling them all directly, it's very easy to, you know, take care of those customers if necessary. But like I said, so far, so good. It's performing well. We're pretty happy with it. I'm not going to oversell it. I'm not going to hype it. You know, we, it's, it's a, you know we, we, have to, we have to prove to everybody that we can deliver a good battery-powered video doorbell. Yeah, it, it does seem quite hard. Yes. This brings me to HomeKit. Like, HomeKit is, seems like it's changing. Apple's part of the Zigbee stuff. The HomeKit video stuff has been very difficult. How are you feeling about that particular world of standards? So we, we still love HomeKit. Um, the, the, the August Wi-Fi smart lock will support HomeKit, um, as will the, um, the, the Yale Linus smart lock that we just told you about that we're launching for Europe. So we love HomeKit. It would be great if it was more interoperable and there was more products. Um, uh, you know, I personally am a big fan. You know, everything in my house has to be HomeKit compatible because I'm, I'm, an, I'm an Apple user and I like HomeKit. I like that it's offline architecture, right? Uh, there's lots of great things about it. And uh, I look forward to seeing them work with Google and Amazon and the others to make it more cross-compatible. I do too. I just feel like you might know more about that than I do, which is why I'm asking. Yeah, no, they, they, haven't, they haven't told me anything <laughs> just yet. <laughs> okay, this is a question I'm asking everybody this year. It's my New Year's resolution, because I don't know the answer for myself. And I'm, I think you two will have different answers. I'm very eager to ask you. When do you work? When do you see, well, co-founder, CEO of this company, when do you sit down and actually think and work and produce versus go to meetings have jerks interview on their podcasts, do all the stuff, all the stuff you have to do. Well, you know, I certainly, you know, have an incredible team. And one thing that I I learned after I kind of moved beyond the early years of the startup, right, that we're, we were an established company, right, selling hundreds of thousands of, of, of locks. Um, I learned that, you know, as CEO, my job is really to hire really good people and to help them and support them in what, what they do and, and really get out of their way. So, you know, I, I love to attend product planning meetings and, and, uh, and be involved. But, but the truth is, you know, my job is to support them and get out of their way and let them do what they do best. And we've hired some of the best people from, you know, from Apple and, 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 and Google and, and other places. And, you know, they, they are professionals and I, I support them. And, you know, um, I guess the, the one thing that I kind of have to do is, uh, is, you know, is, you know, come to CES and have conversations <laughs> well, with I, folks like you, which, yeah. you know, hey, it's, I, real it's, pain. Pre- it's pretty good. I, you know. yeah, like I, like they do all the work. I uh, say yes and take the glory. It's it's a strong uh, organizational principle. It's how I operate too. I'll be honest with you. But do you think that you when do you make time? How do you manage the time between manager your team, supporting them, 
and actually doing stuff? That's actually the heart of my question. Yeah. Well, let me be clear. I really don't manage my team. When you hire, when you hire senior level, like senior level executives, and I think this goes for, for, for most tech companies in Silicon Valley, you hire really high quality people. Frankly, many of my direct reports could replace me. I mean, they're capable of being CEO of August. Um, and so I don't manage them. I mean, I really am there to support them and, and let them do what they do. Um, uh, you know, now that of course we're part of a giant global company, you know, there's certain things you have to do to, you know, to keep the parent company happy. And in many ways I'm trying to shield them from some yeah. of those issues. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I take care of those things. I, I sympathize with that too. All right. You, I feel like you're going to have the best answer to this question. How do I work? Um, when do I work? Uh, you know, for me, it's, huh. It's similar, but it's a decision I made a long time ago, which was the you know business side, the legal part, HR, etc. Isn't I have a team of about ninety people, ninety five yeah. people at Fuse Project, and where you know I, I for a long time I've had uh, incredible leaders um, that do that part, that really that are focused on that, that are really good at that, and so my role is really creative and. Um, you know, some days I'll be sketching, some days I'll be kind of directing brainstorms and um, trying to sort of support the team through um, through research and exploration and uh, trial and error. And But this is, it, that's really my passion. You know, yeah. my passion is sitting down, understanding the potential of the product and then pushing that forward, coming up with new ideas, drawing, uh, which I still do every day. Yeah. Um, you know, that's... Do you have to tell people, like, leave me alone, I'm drawing right now? I have to tell people, leave me alone, I'm writing right now. I'm just, I'm asking if you have the same. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I think, I think some of that work has to be done in solitude, you know, and, and um, in a culture that's very sort of open, flat. I don't have a private office, never had one. In a culture where you encourage people to come and ask for feedback and ask for input, you do have to find... Uh, that focused work, you know, and you do have to get into that flow in order to come up with three or four ideas you want to continue to explore. And I think that's uh, that's the hard part of being in a horizontal, open, you know, contemporary culture with a lot of young people who, you know, love to shoot the shit with you and 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 get your feedback and input. Yeah. Um, and Does so, your office have Slack? <laughs> My office has Slack, but one of the things I do it I don't I don't get on Slack. So really, that, so that I can focus on drawing and doing. So you just like quit. You just quit out and you're, you're done, if, or you just don't if, have it at all. I have it, but I don't think I've opened it in months. <laughs> what about you? Um, I, I, I I have it, um, <laughs> um, but I, I don't I don't use well, it. Yeah. I, Whenever I ask people if they have Slack, they're like, I we have Slack. It's okay. real. I, I will give you a little secret. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a little secret on the, on the on where do you work issue. When do you work? So I, I um, um, you know, I'm, I'm co-founder of a of a private co-working space um, 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 called Founders Den. It's just like two blocks from the August headquarters, and um, and um, I never told me this before. But when I really need to have solitude, be by myself, and work on something, I sneak over there, and uh, and I work from Founders Den. Two things about that answer. One, <laughs> you just blew your own cover. Yeah, like I you're, did. you're deeply I burnt. Did. And two, I, not the most actionable piece of advice from those people. <laughs> like, go found it private. Um, but open open plan offices, like, like Eve. Plan. I sit in open, yeah. people sit all around me. It's, it's distractible, if, you know. My favorite piece of advice like this was one time Walt Mossberg was like, here's how you get a raise. You go to the CEO's office and say, give me a million dollars and a key to your executive washroom or I'm quitting. And I was like, well, Walt, you are Walt Mossberg. 
I don't think I can do that. <laughs> so we don't have private washrooms. Like this is in the Wall Street Journal in 1995, but it's great advice. It was, it was something. Um, do you find context switching is difficult when from creative? Because you have to go to meetings. Every startup in the Valley that makes hardware wants you to design something. Presumably you have to go and like, present amazing ideas. Context. I'll tell you, he's amazing at it. I, I've yeah. seen him do it very fast. It's, it's, it's impressive. I think, you know, I think when you're a designer, you have the um, multitasking is... is and, and sort of addressing a multitude of different problems across a multitude of different fields. Uh, I'm quite comfortable with that. I mean, I think it's something that I've been doing for so long. Yeah. Um, you know, I can, I can jump into software opportunity, hardware opportunity, engineering problem, design, you know, design exploration. I like it. You know, when things are a little bit too linear and a little too programmed, I think it's hard to stay creative. Some, uh, some, some of what happens in in chaos is actually contributes to the outcome. See, I knew this would be, everyone else is like, you have to block your time and like only do one thing at a time. I knew I'd get a good answer (laughs) out of you. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. It was exciting to see the new things. We got to talk, we got to get on a faster schedule than once a year. (laughs) That would be great. That's like an important piece of this. When does the lock come out? In the spring. In the spring. Yeah, both of them. Yep. Very cool. Well, thank you very much. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks to Eve Behar and Jason Johnson. I love talking to them. It's always such a good time. We'll be back later this week with a chat show again on Tuesday with the interview show. Tweet at me. I'm at Reckless. I love your feedback. I love hearing what you think of who we're talking to, what we're talking about, and who we should talk to next. That's actually really important. So hit me up. Let me know. And we'll talk to you soon.